0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Price to Sell podcast. I'm your host, as always, Matthew Campoli. And today, you know how it is. We only bring on the best in the business. We have Another amazing guest, Mr. Mike Kwok. Everyone, say hello to Mike.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course, of it's course. My pleasure.
0: It's uh, me, and Mike. You know, we have a great relationship in the business and outside the business. Yeah. Uh, he has a lot of cool things to share. <laughs> um, you know, we've uh, known each other for the
1: past couple of years now. I'd say. Yeah, two three years now. I think. Yeah. So yeah. it was.
0: Just, it was. He was due. He was due. <laughs> and now he's here. So thank you so much for coming. Uh, it's an honor to have you. You look very fresh in your blue suit. Thanks, Matt. And I decided to go casual today. Also, I do want to mention, we have no sign. Some have decided <laughs> to rip out some screws. We don't know who it is, but if you're out there, we hate you. And we're going to have it up on the next one. So, Price to Sell logo is gone. I'm heartbroken, but it's fine. We're still going to get through this. We're going to focus on Mike's blue suit today.
1: Oh, good. We'll improvise <laughs> today. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Supreme Six. We'll put the Supreme Six logo here. There we go.
0: <laughs> so, Mike is the co-founder of the Supreme Six team with Century 21 Atria. Uh, super successful in, in pre-con, and you guys have, you know, amazing squad, super c- cool culture. So I'll let you get into it. Let's get into, you know, Mike Quack and, and some background.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I'm born and raised in Toronto. Um, been here my whole life in Scarborough, that Lamarue, Briderwood mall area. And um, yeah, my dad owned a pizza pizza store in, in Malvern Plaza. So I start, first start working at my dad's pizza store at age of 10, serving front counter, because, you know, as an immigrant family... Don't have money for daycare or childcare, babysitting anything. You know, even when you're young, right? So, but, uh, um, quick question about that. Yeah,
0: did that make you sick of pizza?
1: No, you know what? I actually ate pizza every day. Okay, and you, you still know what? The love funny it. Thing, funny thing was, I had pizza every day for my entire life, from like literally grade one until I'll say like grade eleven, grade twelve. Yeah. Um, for lunch. Yeah. And. Dinner is always Chinese food,
0: okay. Yeah, so it's very consistent, <laughs> okay. you know. Amazing, but yeah, amazing, I still love pizza, I still okay, love cool, pizza. Cool. I know exactly how I always make wondered pizza.
1: that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, uh, we ended up spending a lot of time at the pizza store, and I was serving the front counter at 10 years old, um, for a dollar an hour. My dad was paying me a dollar an hour, 10 to 10. And then once it got too late, my my mom like insists I go stay at the back of the store because in Malvern, it's a little bit rough, of course. Right? So, yeah. yeah, so nighttime. Does pizza store get robbed once a year, Every Really? Year. Eh? Yeah, so by everything. But anyways, yeah. um, they do eat pizza, so that's a good part, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, and then um, uh, as I got a little bit older, I was always in that entrepreneurial spirit, um, always about hustling, trying to make some money. Um, and I started, uh, used to, in high school, I used to make MP3 CDs. So people would give me the lists, and then I would make a CD for them, sell for $15. Nice. Um, later on, I was selling magazine subscriptions. From uh, on eBay, cool, and I uh, figured a way to bring it to Canada and sell it for like a little bit lower and have an arbitrage, and so that was that was good. Um, and then when I got to um, grade 11, eleven, twelve, did high school co-op. I spent um, four months working at Scotia Bank as a teller, so they kept me on after as part time. So I was working at uh, Scotia Bank um, twice a week, uh, and it was great. You know, that was my first interaction with customers, mm-hmm. um, getting to deal with different kind of people. Um, in the in the corporate world right in the banking world
0: yeah. yeah and then so where does real estate start for you so
1: real estate started actually for uh when i was 18 years old okay nice so it, was still, it was still uh it was still high school actually yeah because back when i was in high school <laughs> i'm dating myself here but uh 21 21 years ago um this is when i got my license and i was in my oec year so back then in Ontario, OEC was grade 13. Okay, yeah, yes, so yes. they ended that 20 years ago. Um, my year was the second last year. And yeah, so I was doing my courses for my real estate during um, my first exam phase one, I did during Christmas holiday, phase two in March break, and then phase three um, just before I went to university at U of T. So I got my license as a realtor and worked at Scotiabank um, just before I went to university um, at 18. And it was, it was very difficult at the time because when, when you're first starting out, it's like at 18 years old, you don't know anyone who buy or sell real estate. They can't Definitely. even rent, let alone buy, right? Yeah. Um, so I did my first deal in real estate um, was selling my parents' old apartment in, you know, uh, Bridal Circle. And uh, that first deal I did was actually a uh, multiple offer. Ah, cool. so I was like uh, you know going telling the two buyer agent to meet us with their clients there mm-hmm. back that that's how it worked back then yes, yes. <laughs> they actually come to the office yeah and when I got there the agents like you're the agent and I'm like yeah you know like like you look like a kid right I'm like well I was a kid but mm-hmm. I was the agent right <laughs> so, yeah um, so I called my broker I'm like what should I do I never I never done a deal and it's my like multiple offers like oh yeah put them one in one room put the other one in the other room you know Finally, got the deal done. That was great, you know. But that was the only deal I did that year. Okay. Right? Other than I did one other rental, I helped uh, uh, another student to find a rent. Right? Yeah. But, you know, I lost money the first year. Mm-hmm. Right. But it was okay. Every year after that, you did a little bit more, a little bit more. But um, U of T was, was great. Um, that I started out in the corporate well I did real estate part time. So I did the co op management program at uh, UT Scarborough. Um, and it was good because it got gave me a chance to work at different roles. I uh, I did, a, I did a, um, one work term at City of Toronto, and then two other work terms at Scotia Bank. So that helped me move up from my uh, teller role to corporate world much uh, quicker. Yep. So that was good. And then I was trying to still figure out if I want to go with the corporate world and keep part real estate part time. Yeah. Or go real estate full time, right? And the corporate world is good too because uh, that was a world where you understand how to. Um, communicate with you know, other people in, the, in a corporate proper sense, right? Most definitely. Yeah, and um, I had different roles. It was like I did business analysis. I did QAT, um, so t- some testing some software. I did compliance, so I knew about that FinTrack AML stuff that oh, we nice. had to do yes, yes, you know, yes. for part of real estate, but you know, back then I already knew about that because I spent three years at Scotiabank doing compliance. And then after um, graduating, um, I, was a, I, I did uh, as a product manager, um, so that helped me move up a little bit quicker and, but product manager is good because in, in a sense that that's your business, right? It's just like in, um, running your own business, you have a budget you have, uh, have to deal with marketing. You have to deal with legal compliance, um, client relationships and finance forecasting, everything you need to run a business. Right? And we don't know that as realtors, we don't, yeah, real, that's the one thing yeah. it's
0: like people get into real estate. And it's like, you, if you want to really succeed. You got to run a business. Yeah, people don't treat it like a business. Sometimes, yeah, it's just like okay, I'm gonna go sell a couple homes this year, and you know, but like it's so important and such a good background to have. Yeah, because like for me, I've had zero background in any of that, and like now I'm building a business, and it's like all new to me. So it's like that's a that's a key thing to have behind you.
1: Yeah, and come tax season, it's like oh, you got to pay big tax bill. Like, yeah, where does this come from? Yeah, right? exactly. But you know, in the corporate, we like okay, we know tax season. This we prepare this and and whatnot. So it's good. I was able to get that experience and transfer into. Um, the real estate world right but all that time it was it was difficult at the, at the time but i was young so i had a lot of energy and yeah. able to do everything i was basically I was, do, I was doing uh full-time work and then i was doing part-time also at the at the scotia bank at the branch still thursdays and saturdays and then weeknights and weekends i'll do showings for real estate yeah so that happened that continued for another decade mm-hmm. like pretty much um, I left the branch, but in the corporate, I still had the two jobs the entire time. So it was yeah. always like after work, nine to five showings downtown wow. and then for 10 years. Nine. Yeah. For, yeah oh, like for you, I, I did. I was part-time real estate, in, uh, for 17 years. Wow. And then the last four years I've been full-time real estate. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So what, what, what gave you that? What was that switch for you?
1: Yeah, so the switch for me, it was still several things, right? I want yep. to spend more time with family, mm-hmm. right? My mom's health was deteriorating a little bit. And then um, also, I really um, had a passion in real estate. So yeah. my at my last role, Interact, uh, my director was my client. So I helped him sell his townhouse, bought a new house. I helped my VP yeah. uh, buy a pre-construction. And the same thing, they were like, I see your passion in real estate, you know, like your passion is... In real estate, much greater than even at the work on th- nine to five job, right? Yeah, and I, and I was like, you know what? Like I do love real estate, right? And then also it was really um, certain platinum agents because at the time I had to get access through other platinum agents, and they're saying like, oh, you got it, what it takes to be a platinum realtor, right? So you should consider going full time. That plus Gary V. Yes. Yeah, I love Gary v. I'm going yeah. to VCon as well. Awesome. And um, yeah, so watching some of his videos kind of inspired me to take the leap of faith and go cool. real estate full time. So that's how the transition over. Yeah. And then the last one was really, I had a couple of friends who also realtor, mm-hmm. and they were saying, like, um, if you go real estate full time, then I would come join your team. Oh, very cool. All right. So I'm like, you know what? I want to work full time real estate. And at the time, I had a team as well. This is like my, actually, my second team. The first team, um, I had a uh, like five part time agents and I was a part time leader too. Oh, cool. So it was it's it didn't really make team. sense, right? Yeah. Like I mean, I gave them mentorship, right? But yeah. it wasn't a proper way of running the business. Right. Yes. So yes. um when when Raymond when Raymond, who was on my team at the time, now my my co co founder for Supreme Six, um, approached me and it's like, you know what? Like he knows me really well. We yeah. went to university together. Yeah. Um and he's like, I I know your skills and i know your strength and weaknesses right and we complement each other right he's an introvert i'm an extrovert he's cool. good at you know um making the process more efficient awesome. organizing that. the team mm-hmm. yeah and then i'm i'm the person that building that relationship with the builders yes with the platinum agents um recruiting agents yeah. right so that's how we split it up yeah
0: very cool very cool um okay so let's jump into it now so like you have a successful team so supreme six you guys have amazing access to a bunch of different uh pre-con developments i've even you know reached out to you for yes, some access for sure. sometimes yeah um but let's get into the asian community we actually yes. haven't talked about this yet on the podcast mm. um i feel like it's a it's there's a good chunk of of buyers out there yeah that come yeah. from the asian community so um yeah let's just get into that a little bit i mean like that whole side of the business a lot of people aren't familiar with it because mm. again it's like maybe you know they're not from there yeah so like how uh how active are these uh Offshore buyers, yeah. Yeah.
1: So well, I noticed I'm the first Asian person on your show. Yes. Right. So I guess makes that makes sense for this topic. But yeah, definitely. Um Asian in general love real estate. Yeah. Right. Chinese more specific, you know, they Mm -hmm. really believe in owning real estate rather than just like renting. Yeah. Right. Um and I would say back. 10, 12 years ago, um, I had a lot of foreign buyers for sure, right? Mm -hmm. And they were buying by the floors. It was crazy. Yeah, Yeah. right. So I was asking these um, developers, I'm like, what happened to floor 20 and 22? Like, (laughs) oh, you know, these person, they bought two floors, you know, Chinese buyer from China. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And this is like when they start having money right now, Mm -hmm. they now they even develop even furthermore. But, you know, I remember when they implement that foreign buyer tax, the 15%, Overnight, I lost like half my clients. Right? Did that so, really affect so. people? It, it affected me for sure. Okay. Yeah, it did. Diff- because okay. a lot of them, they some of them have no plans of coming ever coming to Canada. Yeah. right? But for the most of them, right, they do plan on coming to Canada. And people don't understand. And for you know agents out there, they want to know that if Chinese buyers, if the, the people are from China coming here, they're already really well off already. They're mm-hmm. in the upper echelon, and you know, in the um in terms of wealth, right. So it takes it costs like double the amount for them to come to school. Um, sometimes they can they don't have a place to rent because no credit so they pay yeah. for the whole year up front yes, right yes. so a lot of times they're coming in with a lot of money right mm-hmm. so when they do come i I would bring my clients to come take a look at property before they first year in university because yes. they want to make sure they have a property for for their child to be yes. here during the four years of school and not mm-hmm. get kicked out because the landlord want to sell the property they don't want to worry about that yes, right yes, yes. and a lot of them will buy a two bedroom cuz you know they might come visit their child right mm-hmm. so that happens a lot and there's the culture in general for asians and chinese people to purchase real estate and own it right in china you don't get to own the real estate permanently right it's okay. 99 years and then by that at that time you could you know request to get that renewed right interesting and then the government could buy that property um buy it back to, uh, at market price Right, so, but here you know, once you buy a property, you could pass on to the next generation and the generation after that, I right? see, so it's different, and they like that right mm-hmm. and and for them, it's more so of a way of parking the money yes. here, yes, um safe in in a in a safe environment, uh more so than you know that they 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 don't know what happened in the republic you know country,
0: yeah right? so why is precon so attractive to Chinese buyers
1: yeah, so precon it's like it's staggered payments, right, mm-hmm. so they could. Uh, in China there's a li- there's a limit of fifty thousand dollars you could transfer over right mm-hmm. per person yep. per year us and um for them they could they could get different people to send money over it so they have enough money but then it gives them time for them for them to send the money over as well right um a lot of them can't qualify for mortgage right now yep. right but they want to buy a property for their child so one of my clients they they bought the property when his child was 16 and by the time he he came here for you went to U of T, um the property was ready. Yeah. Right? So that that's why pre-construction is popular with, with Chinese people, yeah.
0: And are they buying, are they still <clears throat> buying floors? Is that still a thing? No, not as much anymore. But, is there restrictions <clears throat>
1: on that now? Um, some. I'm I'm sure you could talk to some developers, but yeah. then for, you know, if if you're already here and you have funds here, I'm sure they can, right? But um, it wasn't as crazy. It was, you know, actually some of the realtors back then, like 10, 12 years ago in Vancouver, some of the re- realtors I know, they were actually flying these Chinese buyers into Vancouver. Yeah. And then they would... Bring them a helicopter tour to site to give them a show around that where, where the condo building was very right? cool and if they were to purchase then they'll give them back they'll pay pay paid for the flight and you know reimburse them for the flight and everything like that and they'll they buy tons of them right interesting yeah and they will open a satellite office in china um for for to, wow. to market it yeah and smart. it's happened in hong kong too it's hong kong the same thing
0: yeah smart smart so how how do you like um if you're presenting to you know say Chinese buyers yeah. how like what's your strategy how do you do is it a phone call do you zoom like how do you kind of show them the project sell yeah. them on the project like, what's your process for that yeah so
1: I, I have a, a chat group for for my Chinese buyer in WeChat right okay. WeChat is like the Chinese Whatsapp, WhatsApp yeah. Yeah. yeah Yeah. and they, they use that that's a, the all-encompassing like kind of app it's like yeah. it's almost like WeChat's almost like Whatsapp plus Instagram Facebook everything combined oh, right? cool. and, and, and Kijiji all combined everything's in one, that one app right? yeah um so like I, I usually sell on that, right? Um sometimes we do video chat and, and I'll send them the content and then sometimes to get my um items uh it's the market material translated, my assistant will translate into Chinese and then I'll send it over. Yep. Yeah. because some builders do it, right? Yep. Uh that do have the Chinese translator already, but most yep. don't, right? So And you feel
0: like a big portion of your clientele even here is uh Chinese?
1: um here i'll say like mix it was uh, okay. probably like yeah because i'm born and raised here so i have a lot yeah. of friends that grew up from university and yeah high yeah for sure that bought with me so here i'll say like very diverse right yeah but um i would say probably uh, like a third of my clients are are, are chinese cool because yeah. even your, your marketing like your videos some some are in english and some are yeah yeah you know? yeah so it you notice, cool. yeah, So i would do some on my minute mondays yes um in in chinese depending on yeah. the topic right if yeah. it's on foreign buyer then i'll do it like for for, for in chinese right yeah because it you, cater to your audience. Right. Yeah. Um, or for my listings in Markham, I would, I would do in Mandarin or Cantonese because mm-hmm. that's the most likely buyer. Right. Yeah. So my, my, my sellers appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's cool. And I feel like there's such a, it's such a power tool to have, Yeah. you know, because, because the Chinese market's so active yeah. in purchasing real estate, especially here. Uh, it's such a good thing to have under your belt. Yeah. You I know.
1: Mean, yeah. I mean, like I, I did, I did spend a lot of time learning yeah. Mandarin and Cantonese. Yeah. Growing, Cantonese we spoke at home. But Mandarin, um, I literally went from Mandarin school twice a week on Friday night and Saturday mornings, from kindergarten to the point I drove myself to Mandarin school in yeah. grade twelve wow. with my G two at the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like now I use it more at home, so it's like it's, I'm more fluent, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm more comfortable with it. So it's good. Yeah, it definitely helps with business for so sure. So
0: your native is Cantonese.
1: Um, uh, native is really Cantonese, yeah. And the awesome. Mandarin, but Mandarin is where I went to school for.
0: It. Cool. Yeah. So funny story. I had. Uh I had a listing, yes. yes. Uh, recently in Toronto, and I had a sign call. It was a Chinese buyer, specifically spoke Mandarin, and um, it it was rough. It was hard for me because like the the son spoke a little bit of English, right? But they wanted to bring an offer forward, right? And I had to negotiate with the father, right? And he didn't speak English at all. Yeah. So I called Mike. Mike did me a solid, and then you know I put him on a three way with them. And he just helped kind of. Translate for me. Very yeah. cool experience for me. Yeah, 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 I've never dealt with that yet. Yeah. So that. So thank you again. No problem. I'm glad, I'm glad you sold it. <laughs> yeah. And we did get the deal done. So it's good. it was. Um, yeah, it was just a cool experience. And like I, I thought. So learning. I just learned now that your native was Cantonese. Because yeah. you know that's awesome that you. So yes, very cool trait to have. That's that's super super cool. Yeah,
1: it helps with business for sure.
0: For sure, for yeah. sure. And I do want to get into the pre-con now. So you started full time. You have this amazing team, Stream six. How many people on the team?
1: Yeah, we have like uh, six people and, a, and my system. And then uh, we recently started uh, uh, Precon Valley, which is our precon division of Supreme Six. Cool. Like yeah, because we realize you know, we're focusing a lot on precon. Most of our buyers are, are mm-hmm. investors, right? Um, and then, and we really believe in the future of Toronto. So, right. So, we double down in, in, in precon for us. Yeah. Very cool. And then also definitely like Stephen, Stephen Chow with Century 20 Atria. He's a platinum brokerage. You get Platinum access to m- most of the pre-con access in yeah. Toronto, and then myself and the team is also a platinum agent for certain builders individually. Yes. So combined, we could pretty much get everything. So that's that's, that's awesome. Why it, it gives us competitive advantage. Get the clients the lowest price at the earliest choice for floor plans. So it's good.
0: Amazing. And uh shout out to Chris in the background here. Yeah, my boy, Chris and Samuel in- in- yeah. introduced me to uh Mike here. So that's how I kind of introduced. And he works on. Uh, on Mike's team, yeah. but... Um,
1: great agent, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great agent, great agent.
0: So um, besides the... So let's let's just say, so I we get this question all the time. Yeah. Someone wanting to get into a pre-con and a platinum status, mm-hmm. what's the best way to get in with a developer?
1: Honestly, um, it's better to get in if you want to work your way into it. Sell existing inventory for a project that's already, like, finishing soon. Yeah. Um, if... you. Ha- Go to build it directly. Ask them if you could, you know, help give them sell these remaining inventory. And if you do a good job, they'll put you on the platinum list for next one, right? But the thing in this business is like you got to perform every time, every project, right? And if you don't, then they remove you after. So it's it's difficult, but yeah,
0: I see. It's possible. And what's your most effective way of marketing and bringing buyers to the table for pre-con
1: Yeah. So for me, my my database is is massive now, Mm. but because. I've been for so long right but like there's different ways instagram facebook social social media landing pages right um just any possible way to 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 bring in the, the lead really
0: okay awesome awesome yeah. um and then so i do now nearing the end here i want to get into another passion we share yeah <laughs> and that is music yes yeah. specifically you know electronic dance music and mike here is uh you know, just a serial entrepreneur and he does, you know, run some events. So let's talk about that too. Cause we have definitely connected in, in that environment as well. Yes. And it's cool because I think it's imbalance is important and in, in especially this industry. Yes. Right. Yeah. If you're just like work, work all the time, you will run yourself dry, you know? Yeah. So it's cool to see how you have like such a active passion in this other scene and you have these events and I've attended them and yeah. they're fun, man. I see you yeah. with like biggest smiles on your face. So <laughs> let's talk about, uh, yeah it's like well that scene you know you have an event electric escape super cool so let's talk about that
1: yeah so i'm one of the owners of electric escape we've been around for over five years and um yeah it's like we usually do events once a month um usually it's either house or trance um and then coming um june 17th 18th uh we have euphoria the second time we do euphoria it's the biggest trance festival in canada i'm going yeah two-day festival at markham fairgrounds so come check it out yeah i'm sure you guys will have a good time yeah you see me and matt there Chris as well (laughs) yeah i'll be there and um yeah i mean like at the end of the day real estate still my bread and butter Mm -hmm. right for sure um we have a team that runs um that electric skate part and but you know what that's where i meet some of my clients as well right um I, i meet my clients like anywhere anywhere possible right but if you really know me, when I'm, I'm at my events, we're always talking about real estate, right? Yeah, and it's true. Yeah, and then I I I, I met Chris through through yeah. events, yeah. right? I yeah. met, met me. Yeah, he met you as well. I met my other agent Fiona. You know, she's a she does bottle service at Toy Box, but she's also a good realtor as yeah. well, right? And honestly, if I know someone who's willing to talk to talk about real estate at parties, yeah, right, right? I want you on my team, yeah, you know? yeah, because because that, that means you always you're always trying to sell, you you're always trying to you know educate people yeah. at the same time and that's your focus you know so yeah that's that's quite important
0: yeah. yeah i feel like there's a misconception of you know, people are like oh like can't be successful if you're partying and stuff like yeah. that but with the right intention you know i'm not saying you have to go again get belligerently drunk right. but uh, it's a great networking opportunity definitely you know like me and chris met like that like i met chris yeah. through the party environment became very good friends with him and through him, met you and just such an amazing you know group of people, and we've had nights out together, but yeah, it's always like just entrepreneurial discussions, yeah. talks, or we're just all elevating each other it's like super cool to be in so
1: we had we had our boat party came as well yes, last summer right lots of and fun. then yeah, it brought builders there it brought our, it was a client appreciation right yeah. so yeah it was it was it's great yeah we i I try to incorporate you know real estate into everything of in my life, yeah, yeah,
0: which is so important, so important. love that you do that so as we uh get to the end here our last part so i've been doing this the last couple of episodes we get some fan questions you know yeah <laughs> and um we have a couple today uh okay so i already asked this question but one of them was um how do you get platinum status for pre you kind of went over that any other th- thing you want to throw in there on that question anything else
1: Oh, I mean, like you could also, you know, get it from other agents as well, right? Okay. But, but, um, or join a platinum brokerage, yeah. like Century Twenty and Atria, yeah. Right. Um, that's another way for you to get it as well. Yeah. Um, but honestly, if if you j- market it, push the projects, show the builders, show the marketing companies that you could do it, right, and then they'll give you access for the next one as well. We meet a developer at a party. You could do that too. They oh, they, that too. They, <laughs> they, they they have came to my my uh, boat party. I yeah. Boat party. Yeah. We're so. all going to Mike's boat party. <laughs>
0: um what is the best way for a, a non-mandarin or cantonese speaking agent to tap into the chinese market
1: mm. that is a very good question actually um you could use translator you could use me as a co-op person yep. i could help you you know um and um you could learn mandarin too it's possible right yeah. honestly like that's that's a language very important to learn mandarin's more important than cantonese to be honest right um the mandarin spoken by the whole all of china Cantonese just southern China and Hong Kong right mm-hmm. although a lot of Hong Kong buyers are coming here now yeah. because they're trying to leave Hong Kong but um, I, I would say you know incorporate your you know I, I know some some of our friends like who Caucasian hangs up with Chinese people all the time right yeah if you want to tap in the Chinese market hang with Chinese people you know yeah it, it works right but and not only Chinese people buy right? it's like it's also you know Middle Eastern Persian. Yes. For sure. Right. Indians. Right. For sure. Everybody, definitely. Anyone who's coming to Canada, which is such, like, especially Toronto, right? Such a well diverse. It's very true. Yeah. They're all, they're all here and they're all pretty well off to be able to make it here. Right. Yeah. So they will, they will buy real estate.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And the last one here with the current market shift, what's your take on pre-con prices in the near future?
1: Yeah. So I think pre-comp prices probably will just stay as is right now. Um, And then it will probably continue to rise after as well. Right. Because these costs like, like the 1500 people going on strike right? Construction, Right. Yes. So it's, it, the cost is going to go higher for sure. So pre-comp prices are going to go continue to rise. Right. So I would say getting it sooner and later. Right. But you know, with the shift of market, all the builder will do the most is give you more incentives. They will never really drop the price.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a bit of an adjustment now. Maybe yeah, a little period a little where bit. builders but might. Builders hope.
1: have their costs, right? It's true. They, they won't if they're going to. If they don't, if they're not going to make any money, they're not going to build. Right? Yeah, but the only, their margin actually quite small after all the costs involved. There's yeah. Soft costs, hard costs, right? So.
0: Well, if this leads to more inventory, there's people's chances to go and get that pre cot I mean, platinum status, right? Yeah, yeah. Sell definitely. the inventory, <laughs>
1: and
0: then I have a personal question for you. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite pizza spot?
1: Uh, I have to say pizza, I need to pizza know now. You know is that, I, grew, is that biased, I grew up though? on that. I yeah, I have to. Is that bias? I have to. Yeah, <laughs> I did. You know, you know what? It's also because I know exactly how to make the pizza the way I want it. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, so do you want a pizza right.
0: pizza now and like really watch how they do it? When no, do? I don't. My okay. dad,
1: my dad, my dad sold it eight years ago. Nice. Thank but any God. Other,
0: any other pizza pizza? You go in there and be like, hey, make it this way.
1: No, 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 no! I okay. like, it's it's so hard. Like the way yeah. I want to make it, it's we like, should. Yeah, has- I'm
0: coming to Pizza Pizza with you. We're gonna <laughs> tell them. Good. We're gonna do a Mike style.
1: Yeah, I used to bring I used to bring my, <laughs> my friends from university to my dad's pizza store. That's joke. awesome.
0: Yeah. So where can uh, all your new fans find you?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on um, Quark Realty Supreme Six. You know, follow Supreme Six on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. yeah, and TikTok now too. Yeah. We WeChat. We chat, yeah. WeChat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's been amazing, man. Uh, we're going to post all your links in, the, in our bio and everything. But uh, it's amazing insight for everyone. Hope everyone got uh, you know some golden nuggets out of this episode. And uh, we'll also post the links to Mike's parties too. So yeah. if you guys want to find that balance in your life, we will be there and yeah. get to meet us and we'll have our own in-person podcast, all of us. But um, again, to the family out there, thank you so much. This is the Price to Sell podcast and we'll see you all on the next one. Peace. Thank you.